0: Hello, everyone. I'm Karen Hardwick, a clinically and spiritually trained psychotherapist and leadership coach. And welcome to Saving You a Seat, leadership conversations from around the table. Join us as we dig deep into how the power of connection is a game changer for leaders at work and in life. This is what I know. We are not leaders having a leadership crisis. We're leaders having a human being crisis. We are often disconnected from the very things that make us fully and wholly human—our stories, our messiness, all the things we hide away about ourselves—and also disconnected from our empathy, gifts, and resilience. When we own these things that I call connection creators, we lead with more courage and grit, love and grace, self-discovery and spirituality connection is the antidote, folks. We don't need another leadership paradigm. We need our stories and our truest selves. In this episode, thanks to my guest, Ian Morgan Cron, we take a dive into how the Enneagram, an ancient personality typing system, enhances the power of connection for leaders, for spouses and for those of us recovering from addictions. So hello, everyone. Are we in for a treat today? Because I'm joined by my friend, Ian Morgan Cron. And as you probably know, he is a best-selling author, psychotherapist, Enneagram teacher and host of the ever-popular podcast, Typology, which has nearly 15 million downloads. His books include the national bestseller, The Road Back to You, an Enneagram journey to self-discovery, and the spiritual memoir, Jesus, My Father, The CIA and Me. Don't don't you just love that title? Um, He's known for his transparency, his humor, and his depth of insight into the inner workings of the human heart, mind, and soul. And he uses the Enneagram personality typing system as a tool to help human beings everywhere and leaders cultivate self-awareness, and emotional wisdom. And Ian, oh my goodness, I am so delighted that you and I are going to chat today. You know, I came upon your work when um, my friend, Molly Fletcher, whose podcast you had been on, called me one day and said, oh my goodness, I just had this guy on my podcast, Ian Morgan Cron. Do you know him? You need to know him. So I read some of your work I reached out to you. You were ever so gracious, and um, the rest is history. So welcome.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here.
0: So I'm going to dive in and start talking about the first book I read of yours, Jesus, My Father, the CIA, and Me. And it made me laugh out loud and cry, and it made me feel like I really knew you before. I got to know you. So tell us a little bit about your journey, your life, before you became known as this Enneagram guru.
1: Wow. Well, what a nice introduction. Um, and what a nice surprise because people rarely want to talk to me about my other books. You know, it's sort of a uh, they all want to talk about the road back to you, which is fantastic. But I love it when, when people take an interest in other things that I've done. That book is, as you mentioned, it's a it's a memoir. Um, it focuses predominantly on the relationship between myself and my father, and uh, who was a very complicated. Um, that's a kind word, uh, person, uh, and yeah, it was an exploration of a son. Uh, son's relationship with, uh, his dad and trying to make sense of this kooky upbringing with a dad who was in the CIA, was an alcoholic, you know, a pill addict, kind of crazy as a loon and, uh, trying to come to some kind of resolution, um, some kind of Peace about that relationship. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed writing that book.
0: Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. I remember texting you while I was reading it, and you must have thought to yourself, who is this crazy person? Because I would say, I just read this section and I loved this. I gave it to my son, gave it to so many friends of mine. And so I want to share with our listeners. One of my very favorite quotes from that book, it talks about how our parents are mysteries to us. It's, it's mm. toward the end of the book. And you're talking about how we, we really can't know the content of our parents' hearts and all the disappointments and regrets and what keeps them up at night. But then you say, or and you say this really beautiful thing, in our therapeutic age, it's commonly said that we're only as sick as our secrets but there are secrets that we should keep only between god and ourselves i don't trust people who tell you everything they're usually hiding something
1: <laughs> yes indeed i think that's true you know i i think we live in a world where i mean i'm always amazed my wife and i were talking about this the other night that you know, that people just strip naked on Instagram. You know, they just gush all this stuff about their marriages and about the work they're doing and, um, you know, unloading all this uh, material. And I think in a way, and this may be sound like a harsh term, but I think it's slightly pornographic. You know, it's, it's like, I don't, actually want to know all this, this is very important, uh, almost sacred material about your own personal journey. I don't think that by sharing it with 50,000 followers is really, um, wise or it doesn't honor, um, the gravity of it. You know, I I don't want to know the details of your divorce. I don't want to know the details of, you know what I mean? It's just, please don't share it with me. And, and don't presume I'm that interested (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, Ian, that's so funny. Do you remember that lunch we had when I was in Nashville? We were, were working with that client, and I don't. We were in that beautiful little restaurant that had all those delicious bowls, and we were talking about this very thing. But I also think it's because, as a culture, we are so hungry to be seen, to connect, that there's this oversharing when. And I don't know about you, but my marketing team is always saying, get on TikTok, say this, do this, you know, share more on Instagram, trying to find the balance between all of that. But this sacred space we need between ourselves and God is often leapfrogged over into this social space.
1: Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, I just don't know if it's the right milieu for it. I think a book is okay. You know, I think um, film is is okay, but there's just something that about social media by by virtue of its very nature that trivializes some of the material that 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 people share. And I think I feel like it lures people into trivializing their own suffering, right? The the things that they're going through. And 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 yeah, we want to connect, but I don't think you really do. I don't think that's connecting. I mean, I think it's in a weird way, it's advertising your neurosis. And I'm not, I just don't, I don't feel like uh, that's the kind of stuff you should talk about with your spiritual director or, you know, it's not. Anyway, that's a personal opinion uh, from somebody who doesn't handle his own social media because he hates it so much. So there you That's all I can say about that particular topic, you know. And, and by the way, I'd also say when you're writing about things like that, you are really spending a lot of time contemplating what you're saying and how you're saying it and why you're saying it and versus on social media where it's so instantaneous. It's just dumps, you know, of material. And I, again, I it's a personal opinion. I just feel like it's, um, oversharing a lot of times.
0: I get that. I get that a lot. Um, it's a struggle. And it's not connection, but it's certainly a, I think it's a reflection of the addictive quality of our society in many ways. But, but so moving right along though, I wanted to talk to you about how have you seen the Enneagram? Because I love the tool. I use it with my executive clients. People who use it say it's transformative. I have found it to be transformative. What can you share with us about how it helps the connection to ourselves, to a spiritual presence, and to others.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, for folks who don't know what it is, the, the, the Enneagram is a, this ancient personality typing system that, that teaches there are nine basic personality styles in the world, one of which we gravitate toward and adopt in childhood as a, a way to cope, to protect ourselves, and to navigate the new world of relationships uh, in which we have been thrust, you know, very very quickly. And I think that you know the enneagram uh, it has this ability to describe our inner architecture with uncanny accuracy. And it's, uh, it's not perfect, you know. It's a, I, I often say it's a low. It gives us a low resolution picture of uh, uh, our inner terrains, right? It it doesn't account for all of the complexity of the human person, but it does a pretty dang good job of increasing your understanding of yourself and others by at least 10%. And that is a giant step forward, right? 10% is a lot. So, you know, it's uh, very helpful and for in, in the corporate world, but as well in people's marriages, their relationships with others, their relationship with themselves. You know, it's its just a, a wonderful piece of spiritual or psychological technology, right? That uh, uh, aids in this journey toward um, self-awareness, understanding who we are.
0: You know, um, I've been thinking a lot about that this week because you know my book is coming out, The Connected Leader. And in it, I talk a lot about how we really can't connect with other people in healthy, sustainable ways until we connect with ourselves honestly, not perfectly, but until we really begin that journey. And, you know, I know lots of people are aware that there's research coming out that shows just how important self-awareness is in terms of predicting leadership success. So it's not about where you got your MBA from. We, can't, we can no longer MBA our way into leadership, right? We don't need another leadership paradigm. We need to connect with our stories and our messiness and our true selves. So, so talk a little bit about, if you wouldn't mind, the Enneagram and what it does for
1: leaders. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, I agree with everything you just said. I think that you have no business leading others if you don't know how to lead yourself. And th- the, in order to lead yourself, you have to understand uh, who you are, why it is that you predictably and habitually act, think, and feel on a daily basis, right, uh, from moment to moment uh, with others. Um, it's the, the, um, we need to understand how our, how we move through the world and how it affects other people. And also we need to develop an appreciation for difference, right? That, that not all people see and respond or process the world the way that we do. One of the things I often tell leaders is it is an egregious mistake to presume That your way of seeing the world is normal. Um, If you do, um, you will then feel justified in judging other people who see the world differently than you do, and you will dismiss the way that they see the world. Uh, When, if the Enneagram is right, there are at least nine ways that are normal ways of seeing the world. And um, once you know them, once you know yours and those of others, let's say on teams or on your, you know, um, in your direct reports, let's say, then you will be able to steward them and their gifts, develop them and um, create a culture where people can bring their whole selves to work. They feel seen. They feel valued. They feel like they're unique gift set, um, is honored and, um, is a recognized contribution to the organization, the organization. So, and, you know, basically the, I just enumerated all the reasons most people leave companies, right? It's like when you don't get all that stuff, you ain't hanging around very long, right? So, or you're not going to perform very well. So again, I mean, I think for leaders, self-knowledge, self-leadership, uh, self-understanding, and the understanding of the other is is mission critical. I'm not sure how you can do your job well without those things.
0: It is the game changer. We're seeing more and more, right? And especially in this phase that we're in that's being called now the great resignation. The great resignation because over 70% of people in workplaces are thinking about leaving their jobs mm. because of burnout, stress, disengagement the self-reflection that has occurred because of this pandemic that we're walking our way through, hopefully. Yeah, people want a place of purpose where they can bring their full self to work, where they can feel emotionally safe. The landscape is really changing in the workplace. And that's why I think the Enneagram can be a big part of that conversation.
1: I agree, and I've, I've seen it um, time and again really revolutionize cultures and remove inefficiencies uh, on teams and um, create cultures where, as you, to use your word, people feel safe. Right. And when people feel safe, they produce better. I mean, that's just, this is not, you know, this is not trigonometry, you know, 505. This is pretty basic stuff, you know? So, you know, I think uh, that we would be wise to avail ourselves of tools like the Enneagram uh, if, in fact, we want to see a sustainable, growing organization happen.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the people who embark on that journey really kind of look back and say, wow, what a difference in terms Mm. of how I show up now, how my people are engaged, um, they kind of say to me, I want what you're having, right? Whatever you did to bring yourself fully to work, I want that too. And and the other thing is it can be a game changer in marriages, right? I mean, I've mm-hmm. heard you say, I mean, you're public about this when you say that the Enneagram saved your marriage. And, and I've had the pleasure of being with you and Anne and, and witnessing your kind of playful Enjoyment of each other. So, tell us, how did it save your marriage?
1: Well, I mean, save is a is a strong word. Maybe rescue is a is a, you know. We weren't on the <laughs> we weren't we weren't standing at the divorce lawyer's door, you know, uh, or anything like that. But we were certainly in a a tough spot. You know, we had become empty nesters overnight. Uh, we hadn't anticipated it because our we sent at the. We decided this for our son it would be best for him to go to boarding school, so he went off to boarding school in ninth grade. We weren't anticipating that um, until I don't know July before that September, and uh, and so here we were, right? And you know when when you have kids, they're good distractions from having to do your work with your spouse, you know. And so we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, "Who are you?" You know, it's it's like and. Gosh, so much time has passed since we really last deeply connected with each other, and you know we we got involved doing enneagram work, um, and it was revelatory because it you know it just brought to our attention um, how each other were built, uh, the way that we saw the world, how different, how differently we saw the world, and it what arose out of it was compassion and empathy and appreciation and excitement about learning who the other was, even after, at that time, 20-plus years of marriage, you know?
0: Mm. It's a game changer, right? It really helps Mm -hmm. you to kind of build those bridges of empathy and and learn how to connect consciously and show curiosity about
1: someone. Like,
0: wow. Wow. Okay, let me ask these questions that can give me even more information about you.
1: Absolutely.
0: Those are the things we lose
1: sight of, mm-hmm.
0: right, day to day? Oh, my gosh,
1: yes. It, and, you know, and when I've done workshops, countless times people have come up to me and said, hey, this did save my marriage. I get lots of people who come up and say, this saved my job. You know, it, it, I was totally clueless, and, and, and suddenly— This was like such a tool of personal awakening for me. And um, it just widened the aperture of understanding um, so that those folks could really get on board and um, begin to live into the highest expression of themselves.
0: Well, I love the whole idea that um, connection is an antidote to so much isolation and addiction in our society, Mm -hmm. right? And I do believe that the Enneagram is a very directional tool to help us connect more deeply. So something near and dear Mm -hmm. to my heart, I do want to talk a little bit about addiction. And a few days ago, when we first started chatting, before we recorded this, I told you I was having a rough week. And a few days ago, my son called um, to let me know that one of his dearest and nearest friends had just died of an overdose. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So we are wrecked. And I know that he and his tribe and all of us who knew this young man are going to be walking through this grief for a really long time, Ian. So I'm in recovery. Mm -hmm. You talk openly about your journey in recovery. Um, Addiction is increasing by the minute it feels like. Talk to me about how the Enneagram can help with recovery and what it can teach us about addiction.
1: Well, it's interesting because I've done, I guess, uh, two or three Enneagram trainings in uh, treatment centers, uh, mostly for clinicians and support staff um, who in treatment centers often do a lot of the work. You know, it's, it's not just... Um, It's all, it's everybody in in the, um, in these places, you know, Um, and uh, it was, um, it's been really interesting because I think that, you know, self-knowledge alone will not um, help someone to achieve sobriety, right? Not self-knowledge is going to be very, very helpful, but that alone isn't going to fix the issue because it's really a spiritual issue, Right. Um, that's the that's the main route. But I do think it's incredibly helpful for people to understand who they are, what their triggers are, um, what their blind spots are. You know, you you come into treatment and and or into the rooms and you're completely flummoxed. you You have no idea why you do the things that you do and why you don't do the things you want to do. It's like, you, you cannot, you, you've lost any kind of sense of who you are and the Enneagram can be a piece of, of helping to put self-knowledge back, uh, on the table for you. Um, and it's very helpful. I think between sponsees and sponsors, right? Because in the program, all of us want to have a sponsor, a mentor, uh, who has some time, uh, in sobriety who can help us do our day-to-day life better and better. And I think once you know your sponsees Enneagram type, oh my gosh. It it's like, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. You you're just gonna know more about them uh quickly than you know, you it might take you two years to figure out what the Enneagram can tell you in 20 minutes. So you know very helpful.
0: So I'm just curious because um, in terms of the recovery process, when would a sponsor and a sponsee embark on an enneagram discussion? I mean, the first day somebody walks into the rooms after they're done working a certain step does it you know is it different from person to person?
1: I think it's different from person to person. you know i I was uh, I know of any number of rehabs who who um, administer the Enneagram. To uh, residents when they first come in, you know it's part of a battery of tests that people take. So it it's already has a, a pretty good reputation in the recovery world um, as a useful tool. I think you know with with my sponsees, I'd say that I do it pretty quickly. But then again, just, I wrote a book on it, you know, so that that makes sense. Yeah, and you're a little them,
0: different, Ian.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just tell them. Hey, I really want you to do this, and if they say no, I go. I say, go find another sponsor, you know. So because uh, you're you know and if some if they're a little hesitant you know i might wait and uh maybe ask a little later down the road but i do it pretty quick
0: well it's a good it shines a light on who we are spiritually and as you said addiction is a spiritual disease so when i started looking at the enneagram it really deepened my recovery by such depth it just had that missing piece a little bit That's shown a little bit more light onto, oh, wow, that's why I've spent my life full tilt trying to rescue people to help me feel better about who I am, my worth. So I always like to call myself a recovering higher power because as an Enneagram too, Lord have mercy. I have spent an awful lot of time trying to take care of people who did not want to be taken care of.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's a good thing to find out.
0: So, before we wrap up, I always ask people this. This is called, the podcast is called Saving You a Seat. And if you could save a seat for anybody and have an amazing conversation, who would that person be?
1: Well, you know, the very first person whose name came to mind, I don't know why, but, uh, but maybe because I love her work, is... Um, the songwriter, artist, and also incredible memoirist and thinker, Patty Smith. Mm, uh, really, you know, Patty Smith it was the godmother of punk music. Yes, yes. And, uh, but you know, she's a national Pickle award winner. Uh, her her memoir, um, uh, Just Friends, about her uh, the relationship that the. the the very, very intimate relationship she had with the photographer um, Robert Mapplethorpe. You know, it's like an amazing, amazing, I don't know, she just strikes me as someone who is insanely creative, incredibly well-read, and and has a very um, beautiful, open, inclusive uh, spirit. I think she is the most artist's artist I've, I've come across in many years.
0: Isn't that interesting?
1: Why that came to mind, I have no idea, but there you have it.
0: It's, uh, it here's my response to that. Fascinating. And so four of you.
1: <laughs> Enneagram four. Yeah, she strikes me as a pretty hardcore Enneagram four, I will tell you that, <laughs> or five, one or the other.
0: Okay, so where can our listeners find you, your online content, your courses, your books? Where, tell us.
1: Well, uh, Ian Morgan Cron, I-A-N-M-O-R-G-A-N-C-R-O-N.com. And that's also the uh, all, that's where they can find me on all my socials as well.
0: And you have a new book coming out.
1: I do. I have a new book called The Story of You that drops uh, in December. And uh, that is available now for pre-order.
0: So don't waste a minute. Get that pre-order in, everyone. Ian, thank you. I loved the conversation. So grateful that you are able to take the time to be here today. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Karen. It was great to be with you.
0: Talk soon. Your listening means so much, so please hit the subscribe button and join us for the next episode. To tune into The Power of Connection and transform your life at home and at work, please also get my book, The Connected Leader. It is available on Amazon and all online book retailers. And visit our page, ConnectedLeaderBook.com. Stay Connected.